Hey y'all, this is Charlie and we are living, loving, laughing in grace and we are now in part three of our word for the year. All right, I know we are taking it slow because we want to chomp, 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 chomp all this good food, <laughs> this bread that the Lord has for us. Um, and I just pray that you're enjoying it as much as I am, that you're being encouraged and strengthened. Lord, revive us according to your word. Uh, and um, we just thank you that you have such a great word for us. And thank you, Jesus, that you're here with us. And open each of us, open our hearts, Lord, so that we will hear your word, enlighten the eyes of our heart with your wisdom that we will have greater revelation of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, my friends, we are going to jump right back into this. And we're going to 1 Samuel 17. And I told you all we're going to talk about David and Goliath. And so far, we've just got through Goliath. So we talked last time about how he is covered in armor of bronze. And that bronze speaks of judgment. That he is stamped with the number 666, uh, which speaks to the Antichrist. And then he comes and what does he do? He taunts the people of Israel, God's people. Remember, the Israelites represent God's people, my friend. He represents you and me. And he taunts them. He, he breathes out judgment on them by saying, why have you come out for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? You know, and then he, he, he just keeps taunting them. If you're able to fight with me, then come on, let's, let's go basically. And then he says, listen to this. I defy the armies of Israel this day. He is breathing out judgment on them. I defy the armies of Israel this day. And the Bible says, when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. You know, my friend, what does that tell you? They would only be afraid if this was something that they were believing, right? When we find that there is, there is great fear in our lives, you know, of course, every now and then we, we all might have a moment where we're shocked or taken off guard by something. But if we are living in a constant place of fear, I'm going to tell you that the root of that is condemnation. It is judgment. You are being yelled at by a Goliath. And guess what? Today we're going to watch David take that Goliath down and see how we do it. But we just barely at the end last time touched on it. And that is when we know that because of Jesus Christ, there is for us today no more condemnation. This Goliath can roar all he wants to, but he cannot touch us. Hallelujah. So we're going to move on. In verse 12 of 1 Samuel 17, it says, Now David was the son of the Ephratite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, who had eight sons. And the man was old, advanced in years in the day of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, next to him Abimadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest, so he's the youngest of eight sons. And the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. What did David go to do? What was his priority? Was to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. His eyes are on the father's sheep. Do you know that you are the father's sheep? 
Amen. You probably, if you, uh, ooh, I think last summer we went through a beautiful series uh, about the Lord being our shepherd and that we were all his sheep. Amen. And um, we are the father's sheep. It says, and the Philistines drew near and presented the Philistine, I'm sorry, Goliath drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. I want you to think about this. So we talked about how the armies were lined up down this valley, one army running down one side and the other down the other. And Goliath, this huge giant would come out into the middle, you know, and he would have been ugly, just a vile to look out and, 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 um, he came out and he would bellow out at the armies. Yeah. Send someone down here to fight with me and I'll kill him. And then y'all will serve me. I defy your armies. And because of his size and, and the judgment that he breathed out, it says that Saul and all of Israel were dismayed and greatly afraid. And when Goliath would come out, they'd all run and hide. <laughs> okay. And this had been going on for 40 days and nights. Now listen to this. It says that Jesse then said to his son, David, take now for your brothers an epaph of this dried grain and these 10 loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these 10 cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. Now Saul and, and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper. He left the sheep with a keeper. He loves these sheep, just like the Lord loves his sheep. And he took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. So every day they'd go out and, and, and get ready for battle, like they'd line up for it. But then Goliath would come out and he'd bellow all his nastiness and they'd all get afraid and they wouldn't go to battle. <laughs> so this is what keeps happening every day. And remember we talked about how like when there's a Goliath in your life, it's because you're a David. You know, we can look at all the troubles that the, that the enemy brings against us and think, look, at I've had this and I've had this and I've had this and I've had this. Or we can see that every time the enemy brought something against us, that was actually also an opportunity that the Lord displayed his faithfulness and his love to you. And we're about to see that that is the spirit that David was of. And that is how he conquered Goliath. He was more absorbed with what the Lord does for him and how the Lord loves him and cares for him, who he is in the Lord, than what the enemy could do against him. My friends, that's faith in a nutshell. Let's look at what the Lord can do for us instead of what we think the enemy can do against us. So David gets there and he leaves the supplies that his dad, so his dad basically sends him as a little errand boy. This was a humble job for, for David to do this. And as a fact, to be a shepherd was a humble job. You see, he was the youngest in the family. That's who they usually let take care of the sheep. You know, most of them had sheep. You know, we, because we know that the Lord is our shepherd in our minds, we think of it as a, as a higher position than it was in their day. So he had a very humble job taking care of his father's sheep. Then he gets sent on this humble errand to bring food to his brothers. But you see, he never complains about it. He humbles himself and graciously does what his father asks him to do. And it says that he leaves the supply in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, came and greeted his brothers. 
oh, I love this. His priority was to run and find his brothers as soon as he could and greet them. My friends, let's look at each other like that. David had a love for his brothers that wasn't based on their love for him. It didn't matter how they felt towards him. We're going to see that. He loved them, right? None of us are perfect or have it all together. And in, in the body of Christ, sometimes we get hurt by that person we sat next to at church or someone says something that rubs us the wrong way. Have you ever thought about the fact that you do it too? <laughs> you know what I mean? Without realizing it, you may have hurt someone's feelings or rub somebody the wrong way. But let's see each other the way the Lord does. This is my brother. This is my sister. The Lord loves them. So I love them because he loves me. Hallelujah. We're on the same side. Amen. So he greets them. And as he's talking with them, it says there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So the same words that made the king and all the army afraid to the point that they would hide. David heard them and it had a completely different effect. Listen to the effect it had on David. It says, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, Goliath, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Okay, an army tuck and tail running and hiding because they're dreadfully afraid. But so the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Look what their eyes are on. Their eyes are on the problem. Their eyes are on Goliath. Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Woo! Could you imagine if you could do something that would get your house exemption from taxes? My friends, in case you didn't know it, government taxes go way, way back. But, you know, we should be appreciative for the things that they that they allot to us, right? And the Bible tells us to pray for all our leaders, all of them, not just the ones we like, right? I say especially pray for the ones you don't like, amen? And be thankful for what we do have in our, in our governments. Uh, I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm saying let's just be thankful and see that even back then they had taxes. So King Saul has given all these rewards that you will get if you go and face this giant and you kill him, you know, and, and I imagine it started off with one and then he just kept adding things because he couldn't find anyone that was courageous enough to go face the giant. You know, so first he says that he'll give him a whole lot of riches. Then he says he'll give him his daughter in marriage. So now you get to marry into the royal family. Then, which I think is funny that this comes after he gives away his daughter. Then, okay, okay, okay. Still couldn't get anybody. I know what'll get you. I'll give your house exemption from taxes. <laughs> and he thought somebody would step forward, but still nobody did. But then David, whoo, then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? Oh, look at that. He ain't worried about the Philistine. He wants to know what kind of rewards he's going to get. David was reward minded, my friend. You know what it says in Hebrews? David was reward-minded. And guess what? 
There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, the Lord wants you to be reward-minded when it comes to Him. Come to Him and be reward-minded. Don't try to get from the people around you. Come to Him. In fact, it says in Hebrews 11:6, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He is a what? He is a rewarder. Your Father in heaven has rewards for you. And listen, it says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. David has faith. He's not even thinking about it. He's just like, oh, I want to know what rewards I'm going to get. Amen. <laughs> and listen, David goes on to say, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? This goes back to what we've been talking about. Reproach is another way to say condemnation, to say judgment. You see, he is, his eyes are like the eyes of our heavenly father. What he sees is that this giant has been reproaching God's people. This giant has been putting condemnation on God's people. And instead of it making him fearful, it makes him rise up with like a holy and righteous indignation. He even says, listen what he explains, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David's angry. Like I said, it's a righteous angry. Who does this uncircumcised Philistine think he is that he is defying the armies of the living God? My friend, do you have any idea how rich that statement is? We're going to talk about it. First of all, Remember the men themselves and Goliath kept referring to the armies as the armies of Israel. They were looking in the natural at who these men were in the natural. David says these are the armies of the living God, as in these men belonged to God. Why did he call the Philistine uncircumcised? Because circumcision was a sign of having a covenant with the Lord. So he's declaring this man doesn't even have a covenant with the Lord. How dare he sit here and reproach and judge God's people? My friends, the devil has no covenant with the Lord. That judgment has no covenant with the Lord. That condemnation, those accusations have no covenant with the Lord. You do. You are the child of God. And how dare those things come against you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So he says, how should he dare defy the armies of the living God? And notice that too. Did these men look like armies at the time? They looked like a bunch of cowards. They were running away from the battle line and hiding. And David could have said that. He said, who's, who's defying these cowards? You know? But he didn't. He saw them. He didn't see them in their natural actions again. David saw them the way the Lord sees them. My friends, let's learn to see each other and let's learn to see ourselves the way the Lord sees us. He's not looking at your mistakes and your faults and your failures. My friends, that is why Jesus Christ came and gave up his life. He is looking at you in his son. He is looking at who you are now that you are in Christ. The Bible says that you are in Christ and that Christ is in you. So God determines your identity by his son. Hallelujah. 
And in fact, it even tells us that in 1 John 4.17, it says that love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness, say boldness, boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. As Christ is, my friend, it doesn't even say as Christ was, which would have been good enough, right? When Jesus walked the earth, he was completely healthy, completely whole, full of strength and peace and wisdom and knowledge. And nobody could take his life from him. He walked right in the midst again and again. When the Pharisees tried to stone him, he had strength and he was cool. He was never afraid. He would defy them to try and bring them to the end of themselves. Because no matter how much they hated him, he still loved them. He healed the sick everywhere he went. He bound up the brokenhearted. He raised the dead back to life. He provided where there was lack, multiplied the loaves and fishes to feed over 5,000 people. That's who he was on earth. Now he's seated in heaven. And the Bible says that as he is, as he is right now, seated at the right hand of his father in heaven, so are you. When in this world, not waiting till the next world, so are you in this world, my friend. And that is the word that the Lord has for you this year that we are going to dive into and and eat every little bit of goodness out of. I want you to declare it with me again. Say, as he is, so am I in this world. We're going to say it again. Say, as Christ is. So am I in this world. And my friend, you know what we're seeing in this account of David and Goliath? We are seeing this spiritual truth play out in the physical, right? This was a day of judgment that David was facing. Now, the day of judgment it's talking about here is, catch this, the day of judgment, not days, plural. There is going to be one day of judgment. There has to be, my friends, for God to be a righteous Holy God, there has to be a day of judgment. The day that Jesus will, first he will rapture us up, then he comes back with us and he will set his feet on this ground. And the day of judgment will be, did you or did you not receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because once you received him as your Lord and Savior, he became your atonement. He became your sacrifice. You have been placed in him. You have been made as he is. As he is. So are you in this world. My friend, that's why God is no longer looking at you to judge you. Because it's as Jesus is. As Jesus is perfect. As Jesus is holy. As Jesus is righteous. So are you in this world. As Jesus is full of wisdom and knowledge and understanding, so are you in this world. As Jesus is full of grace and peace and joy and love, so are you in this world. As Jesus is healthy and strong and young and beautiful, so are you in this world. God wants you to enjoy these things in this world. He doesn't want you to wait. Amen. He wants you to enjoy these things now. And as we look to Jesus and see, my friends, you know, it's just like 
in the Old Testament when they would bring a lamb to be sacrificed. As we talked about uh, the, the bronze altar where when somebody sinned or committed a trespass, they would bring a lamb to the bronze altar and the bronze altar spoke of the judgment. And when they brought that lamb, they brought it because they had sinned. They brought it because they had failed. And when they brought that lamb, you can read all about it in Leviticus. You know, the priest did not inspect the person. He knew why they were there. They were there because they had just blown it. The priest would inspect the lamb to make sure that the lamb was perfect. And the lamb has no blemishes on it. And if the lamb was accepted, then the person was accepted. The lamb, the, the offer would lay their hands on the lamb. And so all of their sin and judgment would go into the lamb. And the innocence of the lamb would transfer to the person. And then they would kill the lamb and lay it on the altar. And it would go up, it says, as a sweet smelling aroma to the Lord. And that person would now walk away with the favor of God. But at no point did the priest ever inspect the person. That would be pointless. They're there because they blew it. My friend, the question today is not how good you are. It's how good is your lamb? Hallelujah. John the Baptist declared when he saw Jesus walking, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. My friend, your lamb is perfect. In him is no sin. He thought no sin. He did no sin. He is completely perfect and holy. And he took your sin away so that now in you, there is no sin on you. There is no sin. Amen. And the sins, yes, sometimes we still fail, but those sins have already been put in the body of Jesus Christ. When the devil comes to you like this Goliath and he wants to roar and point out everything that's wrong with you, you know the best response? Point him to your lamb. Point him to your lamb. You know, we need to say it even to ourselves because we can be our worst inspectors, right? We, we try to do open heart surgery on ourselves. We try to do brain surgery on ourselves and pick ourselves apart. We need to tell ourselves, we need to tell that voice of condemnation, is my lamb accepted? Then so am I in this world. Is Jesus Christ accepted by the Father? Then so am I in this world. Is Jesus Christ perfect? then so am I in this world. Is Jesus Christ righteous? Then so am I in this world. Devil, go check him out. Amen. My friends, let this just wash away the judgment and the condemnation. This, my friend, is your identity. That just as Christ is, so are you. That's your identity. Just as Christ is, so are you in this world. And you know what? You can relax. You can let go because you know exactly who and what you're going to be as a finished product. Yes, like we know physically, the Lord is still transforming us into his glory. But your spirit has already been perfected and the Lord already sees you as his son. What we're waiting for is the manifestation 
in the physical of what's already taken place of in the supernatural. And as we read before, you know, it's the more we know about it, the more we can take advantage of it. Right. Every time you testify, every time you speak with your mouth as Christ is, so am I in this world. Do you know the Holy Spirit, his own spirit goes to work to make that happen? Because the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. He testifies to the truth. So when we speak the truth, he goes to work to make the truth come about. The problem is that sometimes we let our mouths get full of speaking so much of the wrong thing and agreeing with the enemy, being like the Israelites. We hear the condemnation come in and we let it, we think about that and we get more and more fearful or we think the problem is just too big and we run and hide and we speak about it, right? You know, complaining is putting more faith into that problem than into the Lord. And the Holy Spirit can't testify with complaining because it's a lie, right? It's saying that, you know, when we complain, we're saying that this condition isn't going to change. It's not going to get any better. You know, there's nothing I can do about this. Wah, 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 right? We complain, 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 like the children of Israel did. And there's nothing for the Holy Spirit to testify there. And then what we speak, we see happening. But when we stop and go, you know what? Let me tell you something. Don't even condemn yourself about complaining. Somebody just did it. (laughs) Okay. Do not. Guess what? Why? Because just as Christ is, so are you in this world. And you know, the Bible even says that Christ's thoughts are holy, holy, holy to the Lord and that we have the mind of Christ. First Corinthians 2 says, we have the mind of Christ. If your problem is with a lot with your thoughts, declare it. I have the mind of Christ. Just as Jesus is, so am I in this world. I have the mind of Christ. I can tell you I quoted that over myself a lot for a whole lot of reasons. For that major depression, the PTSD, and just the fact that my brain just didn't work at all uh, from, the, from the damage and all the seizures. I just kept declaring as Christ is with a perfect healthy mind. My friends, my mind was so broken. I didn't even know what it was to try and hope for a mind that worked anymore. But the Lord showed me this, that he gave me his mind. And I don't have to understand that. I simply declare it and believe it. I simply believe that as Christ is with a mind that works, so am I in this world. Whatever it is that you need or you're facing, you can put that in there as Christ is healthy, strong, happy, joyful, peaceful, as Christ is, you know, uh, prosperous. So am I in this world. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, such a good word, my friends. So this is what we see that David is doing. David knew, right? David was an Old Testament king that had a New Testament mentality, right? He was under the law, but he knew a lot. The the Lord had even given him visions of of the New Testament, the New Covenant, I should say. I mean, in, in fact, it's David that wrote Psalms 22, where he gives us such graphic detail of what would happen to Jesus at the cross, and every bit of that was met. So David understood that he was loved, and we're going to see later on by his actions that he even understood that as Christ is, so am I in this world. 
And because of that, he walked into this day of judgment with boldness and with victory. Hallelujah, my friends. And right there, I'm going to have to let you go. Amen. But now you've got the word. You've got the word for the year. I want to encourage you to write that scripture down. It's 1 John 4, 17. The Lord has so much more, so much more. It's going to take us weeks, months, all year to, to, to go through the riches that he has for us in this. And um, the more that we see our true identity is in Jesus Christ, the more victorious we will be in this world. And going back to what I was saying either the, the earlier, the beautiful thing is I want to leave you with this thought is that we can relax because we know who God has made us. My friends, we're not trying to become something. God has made us like his son. He has made us his beloved children. And even those parts of us that still aren't perfect, we know that he is working on it. And we know that the finished product is going to be one that looks like Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But we're not the ones doing it. The Lord is. And by the time he's done with us, you will be more yourself than you've ever been. Yet at the same time, you will be more like Jesus than you ever thought possible. Hallelujah, my friends. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, so I want to encourage you to keep declaring that over yourself uh, throughout this week. Write that down somewhere. Stick it on your mirror so you see it in the morning and the evening. Hey, remember, Goliath came out and taunted the Israelites in the morning and the evening. I think right there, the Bible just told us that we need to make sure we, we fill ourselves up. We remind ourselves with who we really are in Christ in the morning and in the evening. Hallelujah. So what if we write this down and stick it on your mirror, stick it somewhere where you go in the morning and your refrigerator. Hey, I'm there morning, evening, and several times in between, <laughs> sometimes middle of the night. So uh, put this somewhere and just speak this over yourself. And it's so simple, right? Uh, I encourage you to write the whole scripture out, 1 John 4, 17. But if you'll just memorize these last nine little words, as he is, so are we in this world. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Daddy God. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you. And thank you, my friends, for tuning in again and um, being so open to receive what the Lord has for you this year. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his face on you and be gracious to you. The Lord smile on you and grant you his peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Till next time, keep on living, loving, laughing in grace.